Glory. Thank you, Pastor Spell, for that introduction. You know, a friend loveth at all times. Not just at conference. Not just when they need money. Friend loveth at all times. I'm glad I'm at Revolution this year. How about you? This morning I couldn't help but ponder. Just a few miles from here, it's Evolution. A change imposed by environment producing random mutations. You don't know what I'm talking about? Just go to a Starbucks. But revolution is sudden and powerful change. Come on, there ain't no evolution around here. There's just a revolution like the day of Pentecost. There's just a revolution like when you went down in Jesus' name. There's just a revolution when you spoke another tongue. That's just somebody. That word revolution embodies the host of this meeting. Love and appreciate brother spell so very much and his family that have impacted countless lives directions eternity and it is a great honor to be here with you well I'm the oldest one preaching on the roster so turn the fans toward me Put another block of ice in the ice box and let's have church. Hallelujah. I'd like to draw your attention to the book of Luke chapter number one. I also want to give honor to all the other speakers, some of which I've met for the very first time. Brother Atkins did a phenomenal job. That was a word from God last night. Thank you, Brother Atkins. It's great to be with all of these great men, and it's great to be with the people of God. Love and appreciate each and every one of you. Luke chapter number 1. Begin reading in verses 11 through 13. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Skipping down, if you would. Verse number 18 through 20. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby? Shall I know this? 
For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And am sent to speak unto thee and to shew thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be done and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season. Skipping down to verse number 30. And the angel said unto Mary, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. He shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Verse number 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God... You know, if God's here... For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. I want to preach to us for a few moments here. The impossible generation. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our voices again. Come on, let's lift our voices. God, I want something deposited far beyond my mind. Far beyond flesh. Deposited into my spirit. Into my life. Into my future. Into my purpose. Let's give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. that anything could happen this morning. I believe that anything could happen to anybody, anywhere. God bless you. You may be seated. It was 430 approximate silent years in fulfillment of the quiet voice of God in Egypt. There is now the distance between the prophet Malachi, the beginning of the New Testament. There had been no supernatural communication. There had no been no prophetical utterance. There had been no prophet 
And there had been no utterance. There was a few things of note, however, one being the emergence of Antiochus Epiphanes, the Maccabean revolt, leaving God's people restless and tense, breaking the prophetical silence. We find the record here in Luke chapter number one. We have a priest by the name of Zacharias. His wife is already mentioned as being barren. They are both well stricken in years. Zacharias is in line to perform the priestly duties. Accurate commentation reveals to us that there were over 20,000 priests that sustained the very same office as Zacharias. And so most likely this was a once-in-a-lifetime post. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He had been anticipating this moment his entire life. The Bible says that they were of good character and faithful. And this was Zechariah's moment. And his lot was to burn incense. And while performing the priestly duties, an angel appears unto him and begins to speak with him. If an angel is going to appear anywhere, the Bible seems to indicate there's got to be some prayer happening somewhere. I don't care how long your prayer request has been out there. It's not been in vain and it's not been in thin air. God is vouchsaving every tear. God is viling every... Oh, come on, somebody. And through the accumulation of prayers and the participation of the priesthood, And the prophetical jurisprudence of God in the fullness of time, Gabriel appears. And when Zacharias saw the angel, the Bible said fear fell upon him. But the angel said, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Zacharias responded after this conversation with the angel. He says, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is stricken in years. Zacharias was penalized in a way like nobody else in Holy Writ. For not believing a supernatural word. For not believing and receiving an answer to prayer. There was a penalty for his lack of cooperation. I've heard it asked through the years that that appeared to be harsh. There was seemingly no reason for this to take place. Except if you'll understand this in the book of Genesis 18. And Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. 
and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Shall I surely, shall she surely not bear a child? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Zechariah was punished for not standing on biblical precedent that if God did it for a patriarch, God will do it for priests. If God did it across town, God will do it for you. If God did it in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, God will do it anywhere in the world. Oh, let's clap our hands and give God great praise. God's not going to have to say it twice. God's not going to give my answer twice. God's going to show up, and I may not even expect it. But when it's an answer to prayer, I'm going to wrap my arms around it, and I'm going to take a lap. Zechariah should have known the word of God. Being familiar with the covenants, dispensational truths, he should have recognized that we have a duplicate situation taking place right here and right now. And the Bible said as people waited for him outside the temple, that Zacharias first kind of delayed his coming. He was trying to get his bearings, having just been struck dumb. And now he's just gradually coming out. And the people noted that with awe and wonder. I don't, I don't mean to get right out of the chute with this, but I want to tell you, I have chosen that I want to hang around with people that are pursuing revival. Don't speak your unbelief to me. Don't speak your doubt to me. Don't speak your criticism to me. Don't share your busybody ways with me. I'm pursuing a promise. I'm pursuing a prophecy. The same angel, the same angel appears to a 14-year-old virgin that didn't have Instagram. Never tuned in to Facebook. Oh, come on, somebody. I wonder if the time is coming that we need to lay that stuff in the altar and pick up the word of God and begin not to chart my course and govern. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. A 14-year-old girl gets an angelic visitation and Gabriel begins to share with her fear not Mary almost verbatim the very first thing that the angel had said to an older priest and the angel said fear not you have found favor with God and behold thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus Then said Mary unto the angel, 
How shall that this be seen? I know not a man. Both Zechariah asked, how is this going to happen? And Mary asked that this is going to happen. The only difference was Zechariah could look back into the law of hermeneutics when there was the law of first reference and now the law of redundancy. And it was held against him for not trusting the word of God. But Mary, for the very first time, is being given a job assignment and it was acceptable to say, how is this going to happen? The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. I can imagine she never even heard the terminology Holy Ghost. She didn't understand with overshadowment, but it was a divine insemination where spirit met flesh that was going to require her to yield herself to this. She didn't argue. She didn't, she didn't say not me. She didn't say why me? Why do I have to go to revival meeting? Why do I have to go on a fast? Why do I have to be a part of this? She said, according to thy word right here. Right here, right here. I wonder if there's a young person that's saying, God, you don't have to tell me twice. Right here, right now. The angel responded unto her and said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. The angel of the Lord or the theophany of the Lord mentioned to Abraham is anything too hard for the Lord. But when it came to Mary at the horizon of the New Testament, it was for with God, nothing shall be impossible. You see, Zacharias embodies in his caricature the overview of the Old Testament. He's old, stricken in age, performing his religiosity by duty and by rote. Not really believing for any big changes. Not really expecting anything out of the ordinary. And this incredible contrast that is anything too hard for the Lord is contrasted with the impossible. I'm here to tell you that Mary... Brought about not just a genealogy, but she brought about a new generation. I'm looking at the generation of the impossible. Somebody needs to shout. Somebody needs to clap. Somebody needs to say, that's for me. That one's got my name on it. I'm not asking twice. I'm not going to backslide. I'm not going to argue. I'm going to get it and go with it. You have to understand that the concept of impossibility, at least in verbiage, was foreign to the Hebraic mind. I've already mentioned the law of hermeneutics. Context. The rule of first usage of precedent. 
And then the rule of redundancy is all found in Mary. And in the transition from the Old Testament and Zacharias, we are being christened in the New Testament with the undeniable possibilities of receiving something and doing something that nobody has ever done before. The word impossible is not found in the Old Testament. Its very first usage is in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 37. It means unable to happen, incapable of being true or real, too difficult to perform, to be done, or to accomplish. But can I say again that the angel rehearsing to Mary with God... With God. You know, when you visit the doctor's office, with God. If someone's trying to talk you into going to psychiatric counsel, with God. If someone's trying to get you on a little red pill, with God. Thank you. Someone trying to get you to find an easier doctrine, with God. Someone... Someone trying to be critical of your man of God with God. No thing shall be. Scream impossible. Scream impossible. Clap your hands and give him praise. In Matthew chapter number one, you see the incredible genealogies beginning with Abraham and David. Fourteen generations between each that lead to Jesus. In the culmination of the covenants and dispensational truths ending with Jesus. In Luke chapter number three, it begins with Jesus and winds its way all the way to Adam revealing that Jesus is the second Adam. But regardless of the genealogy from Abraham and David, or the genealogy all the way to Adam, they stop with Jesus. That might have been my past, but it's not my future. Devil, you might have had last night, but you're not getting today. You might have had last year, but you can't have tomorrow. I'm preaching to a young person. It's time to do exploits like you have never dreamed, like you have never seen. It's time to do the impossible. All genealogies stop. Who shall declare his generation? But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Which were born. 
not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The generation of Jesus is in this building today. And it's no longer a hard thing. It is the impossible. If God is in it, I'll get healed. If God is in it, I'll walk through. If God is in it, I'll get beyond this. If God is in it, I can do all things. If God is in it, I'm going to rise again. If God is in it, I'm going to shout again. If God is in it, I'm going to dance again. Somebody shout. Holy Ghost, I feel that there are going to be some that receive a word and receive a promise and receive a direction from God. I don't care how far out it seems, for with God, you take that word and you run to your pastor and you connect with your pastor and you watch God do what no what no welfare system can do what no government can do what no state can do what no program can do what no denomination can do Jesus said, I'm the firstborn among many brethren. When you get in to the generation of the impossible, there's no grandmas. There's no, and I'm not being disrespectful. Thank God for godly. Even, even Timothy had a Lois and a Eunice. That's not what I'm trying to say. But everybody's first generation. I don't care if you've been in this 90 years. Everybody is first generation. Nobody rolls it over into the old folks home in God. Everything is still an opportunity. Everything is still an opportunity to watch God do the impossible. I witnessed this firsthand. All these nice, wonderful things this great pastor was saying about me. When I walked into an apostolic church, I thought they were part of a traveling circus with P.T. Barnum. I ain't never seen uncut hair before. I've never seen women wear dresses like that. I'm not putting you down. I'm one of you. I'm just telling you what people think. I never seen modesty before. Had no clue what holiness was. I was just looking around. You looked at me real funny. And I looked at you real funny. But when you worshiped. That which is ordinary becomes extraordinary. And that which was natural becomes supernatural. And that which looked religious to me became the will of God. Oh, let's just go ahead and praise him. Thank God for my heritage. 
Thank God for your religion. Thank God for your progeny. Thank God for your family tree. I saw these guys get up and start running the aisles. And I said, you ain't never going to get me to do that stuff. That stuff's insane, man. It looks like a cult. Little did I know that after I repented of my sins, got baptized in Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost, I was leading the pack. I didn't even need a drum roll. There wasn't even a praise singer. I walked in the house of God and I just started running. Come on, man. You got it in you. Take a lap for Jesus. What the world calls foolish, God calls worship. My God, something's about to erupt here. If God is in this service today, nothing shall be impossible. That is the only requirement. If God is in it. If God is in it, the miraculous can take place. If God is in it, the supernatural can take place. If you need a healing, throw your hands in the air. If you need deliverance, throw your hands in the air. For with God... feel to tell some mama your backslidden children are coming home just keep the light on for them keep the prayers you may be see- oh, you, you guys around here just stand you're helping me preach pastor gets to sit down When I came to God, I had been an alcoholic for years. Drug addict, alcoholic, heavy metal wannabe. Had an incomplete education, didn't have a skill. Got baptized in Jesus' name. My pastor, Brother Wilson, if you're watching this, I love you. Three weeks later in my apartment, I didn't get the Holy Ghost that day. I wanted it. But there's some things, that there's some walls that were still coming down in me. Don't be writing nobody off. Don't be writing nobody off. Transgender. I don't care what gender they are. We don't write nobody off. I want some transgender to walk in here and watch the Holy Ghost rebuke that spirit out of them. write nobody off the gays are saying I'm born this way the transgender said I was born wrong hey I'm going to be your best friend but you must be born again of the water and of the spirit 
For with God, with God, nothing, no thing shall be impossible. I got a revelation here just about a month ago. It is impossible to do one thing. It is impossible to please God without faith. You don't need a lot of faith. In fact, the kind of faith that Jesus described is lighter that can be detected on a Graham scale. If you've got faith as as a mustard seed, you will speak unto this mountain and see it cast into the sea. For nothing is impossible with... Do we even have faith anymore? Do we even have supernatural faith anymore? Somebody clap your hands. Somebody lift your hands. I believe you do. I believe you came here. I believe you believe God. I believe you were expecting from God. A brother came up to me a couple weeks ago. He said, Pastor, would you anoint me with oil? I said, I'd be glad to. Anointed him with oil. Prayed the prayer of. It's impossible to please God without. A couple nights later at all church prayer, he waved for me. I was in the middle of do something, so I kind of went like this. What, what did you need? And he said, motion for the bottle and anointing his forehead with oil. I walked up to him. I said, didn't I pray for you Sunday? You are doing nothing but building your unbelief. When you pray the prayer of faith, you say, I ain't moving. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what my family says. I don't care what the educators say. I'm not budging. They shall recover. Do we even have faith anymore? Come on, somebody in the back 40. God came here to deliver. God came here to heal. God came, but you gotta pray with faith. Oh, let's give a good shout right now. I got faith. 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 I've been praying for one individual. For many years, I was preaching for Brother Joe Rowley about four or five years ago. And as I took one step off that platform, the Holy Ghost spoke to me, mentioned this individual's name, and said that they would be saved. Less than 30 minutes later, I'm sitting in a restaurant drinking my beverage, and I get a text message from a sister in our church.
that hardly ever sends me a text message. But she said, Pastor, I got to tell you about a dream I had. I had a dream last night. And that one individual, she mentioned the name. I I saw them in the altar all by themselves. And there were angels all over them. I'm not going to pull a Zechariah. I'm not going to question how. I'm not going to question why. I'm not going to question when. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to... The generation of the impossible... I got faith. Didn't have a job. Didn't even own a car. I was living in a car that I only paid 150 bucks for. Did not have a registration. Did not have a driver's license. I had three drunk drivings. Two of them were head-on collisions. I'd been evicted from every single house or apartment I ever lived in. I had warrants out for my arrest for contributing to minors. And, well, you ain't ready to hear the rest and it's under the blood. Now I got this newfound life. I'm baptized in Jesus' name, running around in circles. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, it's time to get a car. It's time to get a job. Oh, you thought God was going to break down some some food stamps on y'all. No, if it's my God, he's going to say, get up and get a job. We don't need no social program. My God, we're trying to get away from all that. God's got a program from another world. If it's God... He can put meal in the barrel. He can bring a raven from an eastern wind. So I went down to Department of Motor Vehicles. You don't have to sit down unless you want to. That that helps me realize I'm going too long. There's a couple more that just stood up. (laughs) I'm just having fun. I went down to Department of Motor Vehicles and I walked in this place and I was looking, they got sheriffs in there, one's over there, one's over there, because as soon as they pull up my record and find out I got warrants, uh, they'll probably be leading me out of here in handcuffs. And I walked up to that counter. This is just several weeks after receiving the baptism of reality. Yes, sir, what's your name? Uh, Mel. <clears throat> Rick, ma'am. The printer started going. I started looking for the exits. Okay, he's over there. He's over there. She said, here you go, Mr. Mayo. Blank. For with God. The generation of the impossible. Somebody needs to get a hold of your promise. Somebody needs to get a hold of your prophecy. Wipe the dust off your altar and say, God, I'm going back to work. I'm going.
It just so happened that when... Right after that, I came down with hepatitis type B. And that was an incubation period. All of a sudden, my eyes, my eyes turned yellow. I went by a free clinic, had them take a blood test. They said, you don't look too good. They called me back three days later and said, you got a 70% chance of dying. There was an old saint, very dear woman of God that said, I've got a back room. I don't ever go in there. I didn't have a place to live. Some old saint in the church said, I'll take him. So I was back there. I listened to every Brother Tim Copeland tape that I could get my hands on. I wore tapes out. They broke. I went back to the doctor in like a month. He said, you're going to be down for three months. I went about a month later. He said, it's a remarkable change. I didn't think you were going to make it. You had cirrhosis symptoms of the liver. You had a level of intoxication in your bloodstream. It didn't, we did not think you were going to make it. With God, all things are possible. Don't quit praying. Don't quit believing. If God said it, he'll fulfill it. He cannot lie. I thought, well, here's the big one. I owe thousands of dollars from stolen musical equipment, back rent, back this, back that. And before they had ex- Expedia or whatever it is, they had TRW. And I wrote them a letter. I said, my name is Rick Mayo. I'm just here to connect with you guys so I can... Start making up on the, all the money I owe. They sent me back a letter that had two sentences. Mr. Mayo, thank you for contacting us. At this time, we see no deaths. Come on, Mary, you're out there. God's got a brand new chapter. God's got a brand new life. God's got a higher dimension. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. I didn't have a relationship with my parents. I drug our family name through the mud. My dad and I basically, at least up until that point, I felt like he hated me and I hated him. But the Holy Ghost said, I want you to write a letter. I want you to write a letter to your dad and tell him what's happened to you. And so as the tears were streaming off my face, I wrote a letter to my dad. And I said, please forgive me for 18 years of rebellion and disobedience. I want you in my life. I love you. For with God. 
Well, I'm not willing to do that. Why you're not giving God an opportunity? Well, I'm not willing to say that. Well, God, you're closing an opportunity to God. God can do it. God wants to do the impossible. God doesn't want to do the hard. God doesn't want to just be barely. God wants to do above and beyond what we can ask or think. So I started out. I started out experiencing the impossible. You've come too late to tell me that your church can't have great revival. Don't even talk to me that way. I don't have time to talk to you. If you want to hook up with somebody that will help you pray and and start binding devils, then I'm your guy. But don't come to me and say, you know, we just can't have revival around here. It's, it's, It's demographic. It's too hard. You know, the university is here. We just can't have revival. For with God, nothing, 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 nothing shall be impossible. I want the young people to just make your way up to the front right now. I'm looking for a young person that wants to get that word from God. I'm looking for a young person that's needing fresh direction from God. But you won't argue. You won't count the cost. You'll say, here am I. If we could get a few musicians up here, just somebody to play piano, that'd be great. I'm looking at the generation of the impossible. This moving of mountains was so deeply impregnated in apostolic thinking that in 1 Corinthians 13, verse number 2, even the apostle Paul said that though I have faith that I might move mountains. It's time to move your mountain. God wants to do it. God wants to do it. Every hand raised. Identify that obstacle. Identify that hindrance. This is the generation that will turn their world upside down. But we have to taste what God can do with the impossible. I don't care how dire it is. I don't care how far it is in the weeds. God specializes in this generation with the impossible. Spokane 27 years ago I believe what I'm preaching every day for 27 years
how bad it looks. God is there. I don't care how lost it looks. God is there. He specializes in the impossible. Come on, hook up with somebody. Start praying. Somebody produce faith like a mustard seed. Somebody produce a granule of faith. 